Hello and welcome back to the DigiGen podcast. Today's episode is going to be Social Media Royale, where we talk about which social medias are ahead of the game at the moment and which ones could be in the future. So to start off with, we're going to go with the larger social medias that are around at the moment, talk about them, and then maybe go into some of the smaller ones that, oh well, they're coming up, they're rising, shall we say, in the competition. So we're just going to start off with Facebook and Instagram to begin with, both owned by the company of Facebook, so it's probably a good place to start. Also having the widest range of apps with the biggest audience, they've got WhatsApp, they've got Instagram, and they've got Facebook. So WhatsApp will come into this as well. Now Facebook at the moment is always ahead of the game because of how big they are. They have got the most users. They are the most well known out of probably all the social medias. And well, yeah, the off they offer some of the best things out there. But we also know with recent news headlines and everything have been in some of the most trouble. So where do we think Facebook as a company sits at the moment? Are they ahead? Because at the moment, I would think they're the most doubtful of the social brands at the moment. The users have the most doubt in that brand. And how will they get that trust back to the users? Now, at the moment, they have been trying to improve like the privacy policies and getting people to see more on the platform, being more transparent with them. For example, seeing who's targeting them with ads being able to actually search for brands and see their ads that have been running for in the past three months and also live at the moment. And Twitter did a similar thing, which we'll talk about later as well. They are trying, but every time they try something, a new news headline seems to come out, which battles against what they're trying to do. Now, I, we all know they're a big company. And we are expecting a lot from them, from what they're doing at the moment. And Mark Zuckerberg, the boss of the company, says he wants to focus more on the messaging side in the future, which may be something to do with Article 11 and 13 coming out in the future as well, which again we will cover in a separate episode because that's just too big to talk about in an episode like this. But as a company, I don't think they're in a great place. They're focusing, seem to be shifting more focus to Instagram because it's lesser known that they own it. Less people associate the Facebook brand with Instagram. And there's people like us, the advertisers, who see that very clearly. But there are a lot of people still out there who don't know they own it. And that's the truth. For example, when the Cambridge Analytica... I can't even say the word. Cambridge Analytica... Scandal happened. Got it right that time. Everyone kind of... There's a lot of tweets going on on Twitter talking about where people were going next, that some people come to Twitter, some people went to other platforms. But there was a lot of people saying, oh, we're going over to Instagram because Facebook has a problem. But all they did is just move to another platform that Facebook owned. So they didn't really go anywhere. Because, well, yeah, they all have the same policies. They're all run by the same company. So everyone kind of went to this other platform not even knowing that Facebook owned it. 
And then yeah, when you pointed that out, there was like, oh. And some people didn't realize. And so I think Instagram, out of the two apps, Facebook and Instagram, are do is doing better than those. User growth continues to grow very rapidly. The amount of content continues to excel. And the amount of influences that you get on Instagram. Influ Instagram is basically the the favorite platform for influencers. It has the most influencers on it, most likely. Then others like Snapchat and things like that are also coming on it. But Facebook doesn't seem to be that big for influencers. Because influencers are more content driven. They give you nice looking content for your brand. To advertise your brand. So you get this whole older community that you could also make money off and get a higher ROI off because the influence is on the platform. But then you think about what both the platforms offer. Facebook, you also get Facebook Messenger, which is... Wait, there was a rumor about them joining back up together again after they split them into separate apps, but we'll have to see in the future for that. Along with, as we talked about before, this merger of all the messaging apps together, which might happen in the future. Why not? They won't be getting rid of any messaging apps. They're just kind of joining them together. Linking them, if we should say that. But Facebook offers a lot. You have the shop. You have the normal feed. You do have the messenger, if not separate. Unless you're on desktop, then you can still use messenger through the normal Facebook website. You've got Discover. You've got what was Facebook TV. It, well, it still is Facebook TV, but I don't really think many people use it, to be honest. As they were hoping for when they brought it out. Because I saw, oh, everybody likes IGTV when that came out. Let's bring it over to Facebook, see how it does there. And you just have a lot of options. A lot of people forget about the options you actually have on Facebook. When you go in the options, when you go in the settings, you can show you all these different options, all these different tabs you can click into. A lot of people don't use them. And the shop on Facebook is beginning to be more and more used, I would say. For example, if you go looking for a car, you can look you could normally only go look on the likes of Autotrader and Gumtree. But uh and eBay. But now you also have Facebook shop. People go on there, they sell their cars and then you can directly message the person who is serving that ad. Which is quite good. But it's just, the trust is the problem with Facebook. Facebook knows this. And everybody keeps pointing it out. As much as they quite keep trying to fix it. But the biggest thing kind of in the headlines at the moment is that should Facebook split up? Should its family of apps split up? Should Facebook shut down? I don't think that'll ever happen just because of how much power the app actually has. And they could limit it to a point where they can't really do much anymore. Which they could do. We could see that happening. But it would also limit probably all the other apps in the same space. So that's where Facebook sits. So I don't really think at the moment Facebook is at the top of its game at all. It keeps bringing out new tools for advertisers. New tools for users. But the trust still isn't there. And will they ever be able to do enough to bring that trust back is the big question. Instagram is in a very better place. User growth is growing. So even if Facebook, as in the app and website, did go down, they still have Instagram to kind of power them through. Which is why they keep focusing more on that platform, I think. And then they also have WhatsApp, of course, but that's 
mainly a messaging app. There's less things you can do wrong on there, less content you can show people. Although that could change in the future, but I think they'll probably keep that as a standard standalone messenger app. Which is why the rumours about merging Facebook Messenger and Facebook might be true in the future. Because they already have WhatsApp, why would they have both? Which is what we talked about in the first episode. Now if we go on to one of the next biggest platforms, actually. If we go on to a Chinese platform next, WeChat. Now WeChat is only really big in China. That's just how it goes. WeChat is like the one-stop shop for everything social for China. But it's still, it's one of the biggest apps in the world just because of the population of China itself. And how many people use it. Facebook is not even allowed to operate in China, really. They tried. They've tried to enter the market, but it just doesn't work. And then China also has things like Weibo, which is basically the Chinese Twitter. It does look very much like Twitter, so it's just Chinese version. Now, these apps, are only, as we said, they're only in one country, really. We can download them in the UK. You, are, can, you can actually download them on your phone if you want. They do work here. They do work in this region and other regions. But we just don't use them. And then obviously there's a lot of Chinese advertisers on there. There's a lot of Western advertisers trying to get to the Chinese market because it's a very hard market to enter if you've not been there before. And we chat and we are the best place to do that. Now basically WeChat is where you go to find out anything. It's where you go to message, go on your feed, find out news. It's where you go to do anything at all. It's where you go to shop. It's a very trusted platform in China. But it's also got a lot more going on than, say, Facebook. Facebook has all these rules which are now limiting it. WeChat doesn't seem to be as limited as Facebook. So would maybe in the future, maybe WeChat could be? Then broadcasting more towards Western regions, but we'll have to see. Or if we started downloading it on our phones and just see how it actually works in this region, is it actually a good alternative to the apps that we already have now? Would it be interesting to maybe try that out? I might, I, I could try download it on my device as well, see how it works, and maybe talk about that one day. But they are also very security-wise in China, as you probably know. To log on to WeChat, you need your email, you need to hook it up to your phone, or you rather need to scan a QR code with your device to be able to get into your own account. So in terms of logging in, it's very secure. Now if we leave, leave Chinese social media to one side for now, until we talk about that more in the future, we'll go on to Twitter. Now, Twitter... Is obviously a very westernized kind of platform again because, say, Weibo in China is basically their Twitter. It's very large in the likes of America. And it's one of my personal favorites. So I do think it's doing very well for what it is doing at the moment. Now, Twitter, Twitter is kind of a platform everybody goes to when other platforms break to complain about them breaking. Sample when Instagram's gone down, when Facebook's gone down, everybody seems to run to Twitter. Which Twitter probably likes, but they don't seem to stay on the platform that long. They go because it's broken. Then they go back to the platforms and they're fixed again. 
And it is a very kind of funny thing to watch happening. It's a very fun thing to read about when these platforms go down. When the platforms go down, it isn't really... It isn't overall funny, but seeing how people react and people go straight to another platform to complain about it is the fun part of it. Now, with uh, a lot... With a lot of the shortages and shutdowns of Instagram and Facebook that have been happening at the moment, which is another one of their downfalls, Twitter has been seeing a lot of attention, with people going over there saying, oh no, Instagram's down, I can't deal with it, I have to go over to another platform and go to Twitter. And Twitter seems to be more reliable in terms of staying live at the moment, it seems. But a lot of people, again don't trust Twitter for the main reason of the news on the platform. For example, you've got Donald Trump and all that lot who are very popular. But again, it's who chooses to follow them. If you're going to complain about seeing Donald Trump's content, then you probably just shouldn't really follow him. But the main problem is, as also you'd say, it's kind of fake news. People spreading rumours that aren't true and making this very big deal out of news stories that aren't true at all getting other people in the spotlight who shouldn't be, getting people in trouble who shouldn't be. That seems to be the main problem with the Twitter platform, is the news. But on the other side, on the flip side, it is a very good place to go for news, for the actual news. Like when you go under the Discover tab, you see a featured news story, you have a featured news tab, you can just go over and look at it. And on that tab is normally the real news and the non-fake news that you can follow. I use Twitter for a lot of the news that I get, personally, but I just use the platform over most other platforms myself, because I find Twitter is a very much more personal platform. You follow who you want to follow, and you get the content you, well, you expect to see from these users, from the different accounts. And it, it's a very good place to follow your favourite celebrities and things like that, Similar to Instagram is also very similar for that. But it's just less content driven, as in Instagram you have to post a message, have to post an image with your message or a video or something to get it engaged with. Yes, you can do that on Twitter, but it can be just a meme or something compared to a personalized image or video of yourself or the influencers. So I think. Twitter is another quite big influencer platform to be on, just because of that. They don't have to do what they have to do on Instagram to get out there. And some some people do find it a lot more personal. Twitter does have their own messaging and everything as well. But, again, Twitter is somewhere I go to talk to businesses. Sometimes I'll use Facebook Messenger, but I mainly just go to Twitter because I know I'll probably more likely to get a reply. I don't know if you find that. Messenger services have gotten a lot better now. But you normally rather get a boss, a bot asking you questions, and then you have to ask more questions to get to where you actually want to go. While Twitter... There is probably some bots on there as well. Actually, there is. It just seems to be more personalised, and people seem to get back to you with easier... And you expect them to get back to you within a day. Well, Facebook normally does tell you a waiting time before someone can get back to you. And they... Twitter are very good for events 
they release events calendars for advertisers every year for different regions. And say when a football game's on, they actually make a separate tab, a separate part of Twitter where you can just go to see everything happening of an event, a football game, when Wimbledon's on, anything like that. So I think Twitter is is getting more caught up, shall we say. I think there is a couple of things they still need to change. For example, everybody has a go that Twitter does not let you edit your tweets after you've sent them. Do they say you should spell check them and read over them before you actually send them? Which is a good point. Which we probably should all do. Because in our everyday jobs we do that. We don't send something without reading it over or checking the spelling of the words in what we're sending. So I do get the standpoint on that, but it would be quite a helpful thing to just have an edit button. Twitter obviously released the beta platform, which is also called Twitter, but spelled differently. Actually, it doesn't have an I in it, but if you try to say it, it still sounds like Twitter. And that was for a certain amount of users to use to see the potential new add-ins to the platform, see the new updates before they happen on the app, the main app. So those users can go, I like this update, bring it over to the new, the main app. I don't like this update, don't bring it. But again, it's very, it's good for them to do this because they're giving users more access to what's happening on the platform. And it's giving users more control and over what they might see on the platform in the future. So I'm a big supporter of that kind of thing. We can just see what's happening. Then the people who actually do have access can tweet about it. They can, yeah, they can tweet about it, put images of what the updates are, and kind of spread awareness, see what other people think about the updates. I did try to get in the beta myself, but I don't think my plaf- my profile was big enough to be able to be given access to it. But there are quite a lot of updates coming through it, changes to threads and tweets, and for example, the hidden replies thing that's going on at the moment they're testing well they kind of they are testing where you can hide replies to tweets so people can just see the tweet themselves and not see any like comments underneath it like it would on Facebook and they're mainly testing that in Canada at the moment as I'm aware but it might happen it might roll out to all the other regions as well just because they want people to focus more on the content than what's going on underneath it, really. Like, if there's a load of bad comments underneath a tweet, people just aren't going to look at it. Because they think it's rather fake, or they're not going to be interested in it. Well, if you just see the content itself without seeing any of the comments underneath it, you might have a different opinion of the content. So, yeah. That's kind of a Twitter in a nutshell. Twitter is getting better, or is it getting there? But it's growing that user base, which is a problem for most of these apps now. Because Facebook has more users than countries do have people living in them. So that's very hard to catch up to. So, going on to another platform, let's talk about Pinterest. Pinterest, I think, have gotten themselves in gear recently started to release more for advertisers in terms of objectives. Like, for example, you have the normal traffic objective for advertisers, which is to drive people to your site. Engagement objective, to drive likes and things on your posts. 
But they started bringing out more e-commerce side of things. They started bringing out shopping objectives where you can use your online shopping catalogue to bring through onto Pinterest and then people can kind of shop more on there. Which is a place that most platforms are trying to develop themselves. Sample, go back to Instagram for a second, they want to update Instagram so that you can actually buy things straight from the platform instead of going to from Instagram to a website to buy now. Which will be a very interesting thing to see how it works. But yeah, Pinterest. Pinterest is a... I will probably compare Pinterest to Instagram quite a lot because I find them quite similar in terms of how they work. They are very content-driven platforms. You can't just post an update which is just words on Pinterest. You need to have something to go with it. It has to be an image, it has to be a meme, it has to be some kind of content to get people to look at it. But I don't really find it most the most social of social platforms. Like, yes, you have messaging on Pinterest, but do you use it? Most people scroll on Pinterest to find ideas, to find new content, to just read about new things, to fanboy and fangirl over the certain series. For example, say Harry Potter. Harry Potter is very big on Pinterest, and fashion is very big on Pinterest. Just looking at different items of clothing, get some ideas of some items of clothing you might want to buy. And people use it for weddings. There's a lot of weddings ideas and it's a very... I mean, think about it more, it's a very idea-driven platform. It give people ideas on what they want to do or what they want to buy. Now, when I was advertising on this platform in the past, it doesn't do the best. It hasn't got the... the user base that, say, Facebook and Twitter have. But it is getting there. It has been catching up very quickly recently. Because, as I said, people aren't trusting Facebook anymore. They're trying to find other platforms. Pinterest was a platform that they went to. And it was a platform that grew very quickly. Along with the likes of Reddit and things like that, which also grew very quickly in the past year. Now, Pinterest is still very behind. In terms of advertisers, the platform for... The ads platform has always been behind. It's a bit glitchy. They have been changing it. And I have liked some of the changes that happened, but they seem to change it and then something seems to break, which seems to be a pattern with a lot of social platforms. Like, for example, the Facebook ads platform crashes and has glitches every week, every day nearly. You always find something wrong. But Pinterest, they used to actually recommend that you use a third-party ad platform with Pinterest. But now you can actually use their own platform because it's that much better now. And you don't have that much options in terms of ad ad format and post format, how you can post. But they have been improving that too, bringing in kind of shoppable pins, which is what you'd call an ad on, Facebook, on Pinterest, a pin. They've been bringing out different aspect ratios for videos and things like that. And they have been developing a lot more. So I think Pinterest is one to keep an eye on for the future. They still need to do a lot of developing on how things work for advertisers because most of these platforms are fueled by advertising money. It's just how it works. So they need to make platforms good for advertisers to make money to then update and improve the platform more. 
So they should probably focus a bit more on making the ads experience a lot better than it is now. Now from there, we're going to go to Snapchat. Snapchat, Snapchat can be a weird one. Snapchat obviously grew in its popularity when it first came out a few years ago. With its, well, it's again, a very content-driven platform. You have the camera, and that's how you talk to people. Talk to people through videos and pictures, like you would on, say, Instagram or Pinterest. But Snapchat seems to be very based on the features it brings out. For example, everybody was obsessed with the new filter that came out quite recently, where you can choose a filter and it'll show you what it would look, you would look like as the opposite gender. And a lot of people were having a lot of fun with this. Some people are saying they look like the sisters, and some people are saying they look like the brothers, dads, mums, things like that. It was a f fun little thing. But it brought a lot of people back to the Snapchat platform who had left previously, or people who haven't been on it before, because they wanted to know what this new feature was. They wanted to use it for themselves. They, they were seeing it on other platforms, being posted on tweets, being posted on Facebook, and everyone wanted to try it themselves. And Snapchat, again, is another one that's been developing a lot in terms of what they offer. Again, bringing out more different kind of ad formats with advertisers, bringing out different formats for organic users, and different ways you can talk to brands, different ways you can talk to users. For example, if you want to talk to a brand, they might give you an ad and then you swipe up to go somewhere. And Snapchat has the feature where you can, well, it's preloading feature, which means you'll see the ad, and the website will already be loading in the background before you have to go there. But it's not a very good feature for advertisers because it makes performance look better than it actually is, which isn't great. Snapchat has a very similar problem to Pinterest in terms of the ads offering. A lot of people are using their ads offering, but there is something that isn't right. Because recently I actually used Snapchat to advertise and the bounce rate that were coming off the back of activity were ridiculous. Now if you don't know what bounce rate is, bounce rate is... It's basically the percentage of people who don't stay on your site very well, very long. They get on the site, one second later they've off, gone off again, they've just quit because they don't want to be on that page. Now the bounce rate for our activity, the content wasn't bad. Our web pages aren't exactly that bad either. So people were landing. Ninety like ninety-six to ninety-eight percent of people were just bouncing straight back off the page again. Now I don't know if this is a problem in reporting between site reporting and Snapchat reporting. Cause on Snapchat the performance looks very good. You're getting a good click through rate, you're getting a very good amount of clicks and engagement. But it just didn't translate when it went through the site. Which is a bit worrying. They are looking into it and why this is happening. And I hope that they do get back to advertisers quite soon on why this is happening. That's not to say that some brands aren't using it in a very good way. Some people are getting very good performance off the back of Snapchat in terms of sales and things. But it'd be interesting to know what they're seeing in terms of site user performance, like I've seen. Because they might be getting good purchases, but they might just be spending a lot to get that. They might be just serving more ads than other people. So it might be a competition kind of base thing. But also Snapchat, 
going back to the organic platform, again, you can message people. It's more privately kind of set up because you message someone that it disappears when there's a few... Once somebody's seen it, unless they save the message. And then if somebody saves one of your videos or posts as a screenshot, then Snapchat will tell the user who sent it. Which again, it's another very good use of the platform. It is very privacy. seems to be more privacy focused. But you also have the likes of the Snap Map, which is going against privacy. If you don't turn it off, people could just look where you are. And that's not very good, especially if you're one of these people who just like to friend a lot of people you don't really know. Which there are quite a lot of us out there. I don't do that because I just don't see the point. I use the platforms more to discover new things and discover new updates happening. Not really to talk to people on. Because I use other platforms for that. And then obviously Snapchat started the whole story thing. People really love the story format, which then obviously Instagram decided to rip off and then they brought it from Instagram to Facebook as well. And then Instagram started to get more users liking the story format on their platform than the Snapchat platform. It's a very competition-based industry where they're trying to offer what the competitors are to get them over to their own platforms, which Instagram did very well. But there was one thing that happened with Snapchat quite a while ago, which made users kind of doubt the platform. Because Snapchat made a very big update to the app itself, to the layout of the app. And they said this was going to happen, it happened. And then all the users, a lot, a high percentage of the users said they really did not like the update, kind of go back to how it was. And Snapchat just came back and said, they basically said, no, get used to it which users were very angry about, they were very annoyed about, because they're like, we're your users, you're making money off us, why can you not just listen to us and put the platform back to how we like it? Or at least make some kind of edit to what people didn't like about the new update. But as I said, a lot of users have come back once they've brought out new features and things like that. But that was a very clear kind of point of one of their downfalls, which is they need to listen to the user base to keep to keep doing well in this industry against the likes of Facebook and Instagram. Now going on from Snapchat, we have the as said, we have the likes of the messaging apps like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and they actually just closed Instagram Direct recently as we talked about. On other messaging apps like that, we're not gonna talk about the messaging apps as such in this episode just because we're talking more about the platforms themselves. Like the f- main Facebook app, main Instagram app, main Twitter app, rather than the messaging apps, which are used for a different thing. They're still social media. We're just not going to talk about them as much this time. We might talk about them more in a future episode. But then you also have more smaller social medias, like Tumblr, which is Yahoo-owned. Tumblr is very... It's a quite weird platform, especially compared to how they used to be. Banning adult content basically cut their user numbers dramatically, which kind of tells you a bit about who is using Tumblr. We've got things like BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed 
BuzzFeed is a weird one, because some people class it as a social media, some people don't. I personally don't really want to class it as a social media, because there's not really much social aspect to it. And then you've got YouTube. Some people class YouTube as a whole different kind of worms. And some people class it as social media. Again, I do more agree with YouTube being a social media because of the common kind of system. You can talk to other users quite easily. They do have a messaging kind of bit on there for creators to talk to each other. And YouTube is a very separate platform to the likes of Facebook and all that. Little, but Facebook as a company has been trying to close that gap as well. Bringing more video content over to the platform. And same for Twitter to try bring people over. But YouTube will be hit very hard by, again, the Article 13 and 11 updates happening in the next couple of years. So it'll be very interesting to see how that works. And I think that's mainly all the social medias for now. But you do have Reddit. Reddit is more of a forum. I class more as a forum or a blog, blogging website than a social media. But that has grown increasingly better in terms of user base very recently. And it could be somewhere where more advertisers go, but we'll have to see how that works. Because it's a very big platform for the likes of, say, the gaming community and things like that. People go there to find out about new updates about games and talk about gossip about games and things like that. Not a platform I'm 100% familiar with, but probably should be something I'd change in the future. Because it could be good for advertisers in the likes of America and things like that, because that's where it is very big. So yeah, that'd be very interesting to find out about as well. There is actually one more to talk about. It's a very new one. It's one that's annoyed a lot of people recently, and that would be TikTok. TikTok started as music.ly, which was a separate app, which didn't do very well. And then they kind of rebranded, changed what the app did, and it did a lot, started doing a lot better. Now, if you're like me, and you're a bit in the younger demographic of well, targeted users of these platforms, you would have seen a lot of ads in the past year for TikTok. They were everywhere. They were throwing ads on Facebook, throwing ads on Twitter. I saw ads on Pinterest. I saw ads on YouTube to try to get people to go on this new platform, which kind of tells you how well advertising did for them because they were number one in terms of trending apps in something like 30 or 40 countries. So they were doing very well. It doesn't seem to be as big in the UK, but say it's massive in both America and China, which is two very hard industries to have very two very hard regions to have together because getting into china but i think actually the app kind of originated in china but having that china audience chinese audience which is massive because we know because of wechat and weibo and things like that and then also having the western markets like america along with having european markets they've done very well in terms of how many users they have in different regions and how diverse their users are. TikTok is another one that's very, very content driven. It's like video first platform. It's where a lot of memes and things 
are generated from. And a lot of people have been using it. They've started to bring an ads offering out, which people might not be very happy about in terms of users. But the advertisers are very happy about it. Well, on the other hand, it is a very new platform. A lot of people are doubt doubting it as a platform. I don't know if it will last very long in terms of comparing it to Facebook and that lot. But if they bring updates out to it, to bring more messaging function and things like that to it, it could stay around. It could be one to watch. For one, I know if, if I get access to their ads offering, I will probably start using it quite swiftly just because of how big the app is at the moment. Especially, as we said, in China and America and European markets. So TikTok is one to watch. It's one to watch that might not do very well soon. Or it's one to watch that will surprise everybody, which it already has done, and get better. Because people are surprised that it grew so quickly, being a brand new app. And seeing what it offered. But people, it's just a platform people go to to have some fun. That's kind of what the platform is. It's a very fun platform. It's a very comical platform. People make different versions of memes and things on there. And, it's just, and you see TikTok content being shared everywhere as well. You see it on Facebook. You see it on YouTube. You see a lot of re like content reviews on YouTube talking about it and laughing about it. So that is going to be a very interesting one to watch. So I think that will do it now for so my thoughts on these social medias. So who's at the top? Mm, it's quite hard to say who's at the top. I, it's definitely not Facebook at the moment. I am a very big fan of Twitter, but I don't want to really be biased about it. Pinterest has done very well recently in terms of user growth. Snapchat can come out of the dark and do very well. Very easily, it seems. And the likes of Instagram is just continuing to grow. So Instagram might be one of the ones at the top of the moment. If I had to... I have to pick my favourites in terms of who's doing well. It would have to be Instagram. Probably Twitter, just because I do like it. And Snapchat. Again, not including messaging apps. Because if we did include messaging apps, they would be first. Because I think messaging... Messaging apps is probably going to be the future of social media once all these rules and regulations come in. Because the messaging apps don't need as much regulation. They don't have all the content flowing for them. But, yeah. That'll do it for this episode. For the next few episodes, I've been thinking of making maybe a mini-series called Have You Heard Of? Now, this is an idea of there are more social apps out there. There are more search engines out there. And more, kind of, different apps that alternatives to things we already use. We just don't know about them. For example, if you just go on the Google Ads App Store or you go on the iOS Store, you see a lot of social medias on there. Some you've never even heard of. Some with names that you don't know why they're named that well. And you'll, if you go on... If you actually search on Google for alternative search engines, things like that, you'll find a lot of lists bringing up the good old things like Ask which used to be Asgis and things like that coming up. So that's going to be a little interesting mini-series, I think, talking about platforms we just haven't heard of before or haven't used before. So stay tuned for that one, because I'm going to be... I'm hoping it's going to be a bit of fun to find out about some of these platforms we don't know about. 
and maybe let us shed some light on which ones we might be using in the future, or hopefully, or maybe some we might use now. We might find we might find one when we're looking, and go well, actually I want to use that. And there might be more than one episode about different platformers, and there's, there's so many different social media platforms out there, alternatives. That that might span across a couple episodes, more than one. Yeah, stay tuned to Have You Heard Of. And between there, there, there should be some more kind of generic podcast episodes coming out, like we have been doing for the past three. So I'll see you all on the next one, and have a good day.